Welcome to the Armor Men's Health Show with Dr. Mystery and Donna Lee. Hello and welcome to the Armor Men's Health Show. I'm Dr. Mystery, your host, board-certified urologist, brought to you by NAU Urology Specialist, the specialty urology company that I started in 2007, and always gladly and happily joined by my office manager, business manager, great friend, Donna Lee. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show, and thanks for downloading our podcasts. Donna, uh, we have been in practice for 15 years plus now. That's why you look so old. I do look old. I used to be the young gun on the <laughs> on the corner, and now I'm just an old man. Mm, but I like your gray hairs. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> At least somebody does. Uh, where do people find us, and how do they get to be our patient? Well, if you're in Central Texas, you can find us in Round Rock, North Austin, South Austin, and Dripping Springs, Texas. Our website is armormenshealth.com, where you can see our shiny faces there. You can also submit a question anonymously. Well, you can submit a question that we'll answer anonymously. I'll see your email address, obviously. But Dr. Mystery will answer it, and I will send you the link to the podcast once Dr. Mystery answers it. We've so. been told that we have some of the most engaged listeners here on KLBJ News Radio, and we love it because it mm-hmm. means that people are listening to us in the car and then going home and remembering our email and sending us an email, and that really means a lot to us. That's right. One of the great things about being a urologist is all the collaborations I get to do with other specialties and other doctors whom I love and have so much respect for. And I get to do that again today with our guest, Dr. David Dellinger. Dr. David Dellinger is a plastic surgeon. Thank you so much for joining us again, David. Thank you. Glad to be here. David, why don't you tell us uh, the name of your practice and uh, what you specialize in? Uh, it's called Elysian Plastic Surgery, uh, E-L-Y-S-I-A-N Plastic Surgery. We kind of do the whole general range of uh, plastic surgery procedures. I do some reconstructive surgeries, and we do lots of uh, cosmetic surgeries for men and for women, uh, breast surgeries, body surgeries. Uh, for men, we do more in the way of um, hair restoration, and we do a lot of uh, penile enlargement procedures. So, you know, whatever the underlying reason is, uh, I certainly see a lot more men undergoing reconstruction and plastic surgery kind of procedures. Mm-hmm. Uh, and although we're going to talk about just kind of our penile enlargement and buried penis kind of offerings in the next uh, segment after the break, what are some other common procedures that men are going through right now that you're seeing? Surprisingly, we're seeing more men interested in you know, say liposuction. The male population in our practice when we first started was probably 3%. And now it's probably 50%. Wow. Really? Over the last 20 years, we've seen that kind of growth. It's wow. become it's more accepted, more mainstream. It's in the past, you know, it's even say things like breast implants were very secretive. People kind of snuck in and didn't want people to know what they were having done. And now, you know, women go to brunch on Sunday and drink mimosas <laughs> and talk about who did their, their breast surgery. So it's you know much more mainstream. And it's becoming more and more mainstream for men to be looking into having aesthetic procedures done. So uh, let's just start from the head down. Uh, okay. When it comes to hair transplant, what have you found works for most men that are trying to get a better head of hair? And stop looking at my head, Don. <laughs> we like to... Uh, Kind of start with the consultation so we can get a better idea because there are multiple different patterns of hair loss. Sometimes it's in the crown at the top of the head. Sometimes it starts in the front and kind of starts to work its way back. And depending on that, we can make a decision on what's the best way to treat someone. 
we like to offer people options that are minimally invasive first if they're good candidates for it. PRP was a big product that was used to inject in there to stimulate hair growth. And more recently, we've been using exosomes, which we have seen absolutely spectacular results with. What's I mean, that? Uh, exosomes are kind of a derivative of stem cells. Mm, and nice. uh, you don't, like with PRP, you have to have your blood drawn and spun down and then re-injected. Exosomes, uh, we just order them and they come in, they're, they're extracted from stem cells, basically. And... Uh, from babies? Pardon me? <laughs> from no, babies? Not from no, babies. no, okay. not from babies. So, <laughs> and uh, so is, sure. is it injected directly into the scalp, these exosomes? Yes, yes, in the areas where we're trying to stimulate hair growth. How many times do people usually have to get injected? We like to recommend a series of three sessions with it and then maybe come back in six to 12 months and get a maintenance session if needed. Does it hurt? It's an injection, so it does sting just a little bit, but I've never had anybody say I'm not coming back and doing that again. That's because nothing feels oh. better than a great head of hair. Mm, true that. <laughs> Do you inject all over the scalp or like in just certain spots on the head? The well, scalp? we kind of, based on their hair pattern loss, if it's in the crown, we're probably going to do just most of there. it there and then kind of feather it out into the rest of the scalp. Oh, Donna and I that. both have a special interest in kind of making sure that our heads look uh, more full. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, especially me and my thinning hair. Uh, does it work for thinning hair as well? Absolutely. Yes. I see an appointment coming up. I see an appointment coming up. <laughs> Maybe yeah. a professional discount on exosome. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Now, um, uh, my wife brought up something very interesting the last few days, and that was the idea of a facelift. She uh, had a friend who had very droopy skin and talked about getting a facelift. And I thought to myself, I haven't heard of anyone getting a facelift in a long time. Uh, are people still getting facelifts? Yes, they are very popular procedures. Not as popular, perhaps, as they used to, because... There's so many other, you know, minimally invasive mm -hmm. procedures. Fillers and Botox and things of that yeah. nature. Yeah. Are yeah. men getting facelifts? Men do get facelifts. Probably they only account for one or two out of ten patients that we do facelifts on. But we do have That's men. That's a lot, though. That one seems out like of a lot ten. to me. And if you're trying to get rid of the jowls and stuff like that under your neck, is does, does liposuction have any role there? Yes, it does. It depends on the degree. If you do have a lot of, of saggy skin, you may need to have some skin removed. But if it's basically just kind of starting to relax, then liposuction can do a very nice job of taking out some excess fat and stimulating the skin to tighten at the same time. Well, wasn't there a medicine that was available that could tighten your throat skin? Yes, Kybella. It, was, it came out, it was originally by a third-party company. They were acquired by uh, AbbVie, uh, Allergan, and then they started heavily marketing it. We have not had terribly good success with it. It just seems funny Sounds that you would so take strange. a medicine just to take fat away in one part of your body. Yeah, how does that work? Or it doesn't work, apparently, very well. <laughs> yeah, the issue is is that you get really swollen. You look like a bullfrog oh, you know, no. for you know, several days afterwards until the swelling goes down. So it's not like you can pop back into the office after coming in at lunchtime. You pretty <laughs> oh much have to do it on it. This is terrible. Yeah. Okay, it, so don't know, do that. We have not seen you know, significant enough improvements. I would say it, at the most, half of our patients are probably pleased. And then, wow. and then moving down, we have a lot of men with excess breast tissue. I was going to mention you were talking about hair. Yeah. And what, another option for people who are not interested in minimally invasive stuff or things that are more advanced, we do hair restoration with uh, hair grafting where we harvest hair from the back of the scalp and put it on the front. It uses little tiny punches to harvest just individual hairs 
we use the artist robot, which is kind of the latest technology for harvesting hair. And uh, we have people come in and usually get anywhere between 1,000 to 2,500 grafts. And that is the definitive treatment when it comes to uh, hair restoration and it's permanent so oh, wow. this is your hair that you move from one place to the next and so we can expect some really good results yes the hair on the back of the scalp doesn't ever shed anybody that you see that you know looks totally bald uh michael jordan you know patrick stewart they have hair back there they just shave it i got gotcha. you mm. so that hair doesn't go away correct and so um, as you're moving down in the body, when it comes to breast kind of stuff, and that may be all the time we have, people would like to get it augmented with pec implants. But what happens if you have extra breast tissue? What are some options there? If it's you know, significant enough that's causing neck or back pain, then a breast reduction is probably the best option. Even in a man? Even in a man, yes. And uh, most patients that have, say, a condition called gynecomastia, which is... You know, people joke about calling it man boobs, but you know, where there's excess breast tissue, it's usually a genetic condition, although there are certain other things that can cause it. But it's a genetic condition. Liposuction combined with a little bit of uh, surgery around the nipple area to remove some of the uh, harder uh, tissue that doesn't come out easily with liposuction. And for people that have had significant weight loss, for example, after bariatric surgery, they have a lot of excess skin, and in those cases, you may need to have some skin reduction done. Well, that is interesting. In terms of the future of plastic surgery, uh, especially when it comes to men, what do you see kind of the, the next phase is going to be in terms of what people are looking for and uh, what technologies are out there? I think that there's still a, an ongoing interest in minimally invasive procedures, injections, uh, lasers with for resurfacing or for trying to shrink fat. Uh, we always have like uh, things like uh, cool sculpting or some of the other competing products that sort of freeze the fat and try and tighten the skin. People are trying to avoid going under the knife as much as possible. However, there are times when we say, you know, don't waste your money on this. Uh, if you're going to either spend the money, get the surgery done, but don't do something that's not going to work. Well, you heard it here, folks, first. Mm -hmm. The first plastic surgeon telling you not to waste money on something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have to sleep at night. You know? <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good that's point. Good. Thank you so much for joining us, David. Sure. We'll be right back with a, a segment on penile enlargement, so you don't want to miss that. Oh. Uh, uh, how do people get a hold of you? You can look at our website, elysiumplasticsurgery.com. Uh, you can call us at our office, 512-229-1978. Thank you so much, Dave. We'll be right back. Hello, and welcome back to the Armor Men's Health Show. This is Dr. Mystery, your host. Joined always with my co-host, Donna Lee. That's right. Welcome back. Thanks for listening. Donna, quickly tell people how to get a hold of us oh. because we have we have too little time to talk about this awesome subject. We're about to talk about penises. 512-238-0762. Our website is armormenshealth.com. You can submit your questions there and listen to our podcast wherever you listen to free podcasts. Go. I feel Penis like one Donna. of the secret pleasures of many of our patients is to secretly listen to the podcast on penile enlargement. That's our most downloaded podcast, by the way. It is our most <laughs> downloaded podcast. So we had to have Dr. Dellinger back. Dr. David Dellinger with Elysium Plastic Surgery, thank you so much for joining us again. Thank you. So uh, we're going to just briefly talk about what types of patients and what motivates somebody to come in to talk about a penis enlargement. Go uh, for it. I always say that <laughs> if you own one of those things, you wish it was bigger. And it doesn't matter what size you are when you get started. But uh, and it's, it's a thing in our society. And there's this thing called the internet and people watch stuff and then they <laughs> kind of makes them like sometimes uncomfortable. And it's really 
again, it pretty much if you own one, you wish it was was bigger. So usually people come in. A lot of people are because it's not yet a mainstream kind of procedure. It's not something that you know you're watching football playoffs and talking with your buddies about how you got a penis enlargement. It's something that people kind of keep kind of secretive. Which is funny because men do get around talking mm-hmm. about how big their penises are usually. But sure. I guess, but, but, but I guess talking about their penis enlargement surgery is not something. What would you say to somebody who really is self-conscious about the size of their penis, but maybe feel nervous or ashamed to come to a provider to talk about it? What kind of advice would you give them? I mean, we see you know people of all ages, people just basically eighteen all the way up into their seventies who are coming in to get these procedures done. If it's something that bothers you and it's not going to you know completely change your life, but it can make you feel a little bit better about yourself when you stand in front of the mirror. Historically, what are some of the most common ways that that people have achieved uh, more happiness with their penis, regardless of whether it's longer, thicker, brighter, wider? I mean, obviously, my friend Dr. Mystery one time said, if you want to gain an inch, you need to lose 30 pounds. That's right. So weight loss. And weight loss is, is a major factor. There are primarily fillers that are used the, basically, the four things that people can do, there's an implant called Panuma. I'm not entirely comfortable with it, so we don't do implant those types of implant procedures, even though we do lots of other types of implants. There's fat grafting, where they liposuction some fat from an area like your stomach and then re-inject it. There are temporary fillers like Juvederm and Voluma and Restylane that can be injected to provide maybe up to 15 months' worth of improvement in girth. And then there's our procedure, which is considered a permanent enhancement because it causes the growth of new tissue in the area, which, of course, makes it a permanent result. What is the name of what you do, and why don't you briefly go through what what a man will, will undergo when they do have the filling procedure done? We don't have a specific trademark name. We just call it, you know, you know penile girth enhancement for people who are interested in the procedure. Basically, you just need to come in or we can do a telemedicine consult. One of the, probably half of our patients do telemedicine consults. Because a lot of people come visit you from out of the city. Right, or out of state. You know, we had someone from British Columbia a couple of weeks ago. We've had people come in from out of the country. But we do see people from all over the country. And a lot of times we'll do a telemedicine visit. It doesn't have to be a televised. It doesn't have to be a Zoom or anything like that. But just over the phone visit is good to share more information with people and get them more interested. They don't have to show you their penis on the telemedicine. They do not. That would be a little strange. (laughs) We get a lot of that at work. That's weird because I get sent pictures of people's penises all day. Yeah. We we started allowing patients to text us, and now we're getting penis pictures through the text. Very inappropriate for those of you that are our current patients. Please do not text any of those pictures. The girls are not single. (laughs) (laughs) We, We will... Uh, not ask people to send photos unless they have some issue that I think I need to have a look before we do the procedure. Uh, if they're going to come in and have the procedure done, we'll you'll take figure pic- it out that day. We'll, we'll take pictures and you know put them in their chart, which is of course you know very secure and no one else would ever see them. But I, we're not entirely comfortable in having people just randomly send us pictures. So the idea of a filler here is this idea that we're going to implant a substance underneath the skin that gives you more girth that's circumferentially symmetrical, remains kind of consistent so it won't squish like Play-Doh, and uh, will not affect the sensation of the penis, right? That's correct. It looks normal, feels normal, you retain your normal function, you retain your normal sensation, 
And it's a product that is, we refer to it as a biostimulant, meaning when you inject it in there, it stimulates your body to grow in some new tissue. And in some respects, it creates a mild inflammatory response. Inflammatory sounds bad, but if you cut yourself shaving, you create an inflammatory response that causes your body to go through a healing cycle. So we're kind of tricking your body into doing is thinking it needs to come in and grow some new tissue and heal something when in fact we're using it to create new tissue to get a permanent girth enhancement. And then uh, what would you say are some of the um, aspects of patients that get the most satisfaction from getting it done? Who, who ends up being the happiest? I think probably married patients because almost everybody says, you know, this is one of the best things we ever brought into the bedroom. It's something that they can kind of both take advantage of, can kind of both enjoy. So probably those are some of the happiest patients that we see. And we do see some guys single or in relationships that you know, just come back and say, like, you know, I'm really glad I did this. I'm, not, I'm doing this just for me. Those are the best patients, the ones that are doing just for me, not because somebody made said something or made them feel bad. But if you do, you're doing it just for you, just to make yourself feel better, those are some of our happiest patients as well. That's a great point. It really, gets, it really leads into my next question. Who ends up being the unhappiest ones? I would say people with unrealistic expectations. Uh, we talk to people very specifically about what kind of results they can be expected to achieve. You know, sometimes they come back and they say, I, I really don't know, you know if I got the kind of results that I need. I've had one or two patients that said, I'm kind of disappointed in this. And then we come back and, and do some measurements and they actually exceeded our minimum expectations for the kind of girth increases because they kind of forgot what they looked like before. And That's right. <laughs> we see that all the time in testosterone patients. They're like, well, I don't know if I feel any better from the testosterone. I said, well, when you first came in, you were dragging ass and now you're like, <laughs> you're doing pretty good. So I think you're doing better, you know. So um, in terms of what a patient can expect if they're going to go through the procedure, how long does it take, what, what's, what, can, what is actually being done, and uh, what kind of anesthetic requirements are, are, are required? Well, you'll be in the office for about two and a half hours. If you come in, we uh, take a few pictures, then we apply a topical numbing cream to the area, which we leave on for about 45 minutes. Completely numbs up the area. You don't require any other real anesthetic. Sometimes we'll in, put in a little tiny bit of local anesthetic around the base just to kind of reinforce the cream. Then we move down the hall to the OR where you're completely awake. You don't have any sedation. Uh, we apply it. We inject the filler, which takes you know about 30 minutes or so. And then we uh, have you grab your phone and take a video on how to wrap it up because the wrapping up part is extremely important in terms of getting the final results. Because you want it to be symmetrical. You don't want any bulging and things like that. Right. And we also don't want the shaft to be bent while you're wearing clothing. That's why we do the wrapping on to hold everything straight so we can have the product work. Because if it's bent or twisted or something in your pants, it's not going inside those creases or inside those curves of the bend, it's not going to take. And then you're going to have indentations or creases, which would require you know, additional product to go and fill that back in. How long after the procedure can you expect all the bruising, swelling, and discomfort to kind of go away? Bruising is probably as much as a week. Pain-wise, we give people a little something for pain, but almost nobody takes it. Uh, mm -hmm. Tylenol usually works well for most people. They usually don't have much in the way of pain, maybe some mild soreness that night and a little soreness the next day. But by the, the day after that, they should have absolutely no soreness. 
It does take about 30 days to go through the initial healing process, and I do feel like it takes probably about 90 days to get the complete healing and maturation or maturing of the, the tissues as they uh, grow new new tissue in to replace the biostimula. And um, when can I start using this thing? I mean, <laughs> when could one start using this thing? Uh, in 30 days. After the 30-day mark, yeah, you'll make it. Nobody's died yet, so you'll make it. So after 30 days, you can start using this thing. I'm sure you have patients just like me who start using the, uh, not that, that I like. I, you have patients like I have patients that probably go a little bit too quickly out of the gate. And we would encourage you not to do that if you did have this procedure. That's correct. It's not going to do you any favors uh, to do that. They do get the confessional texts you know, sometimes a week or two afterwards. Well, I went down to Rainy Street and... Uh, Met a uh, hooker? Yeah. <laughs> On Rainy Street? I don't yeah. know. I didn't... Uh, okay, well, I guess that's a different <laughs> part of Rainy Street. Uh, so he just couldn't help himself. Met somebody and we, you know, I kind of forgot and... It's like buying a new Lamborghini and saying you got to keep it in the garage for, for 30, 30 days. days. My Lord, are you nuts? That's right. I'm going out to Rainy Street. <laughs> <laughs> so if people are interested in penile filler, in penile enlargement, in buried penis surgery, or any plastic surgery, uh, especially if you're a man and you want to be with somebody that is incredibly comfortable and very knowledgeable. How do they get a hold of you, David? I just go to, we have two websites, elysianplasticsurgery.com. We have another website that's easy. It's called texaspenisenlargement.com. Oh, there you go. And uh, you can call my office at 512-229-1978. Thank you so much for joining us today, David. You're welcome. Pleased to be here. The Armor Men's Health Show is brought to you by NAU Urology Specialists. For questions or to schedule an appointment, please call 512-238-0762 or online at armormenshealth.com.